was three. <laughs> so uh, what I've done is I've, I've asked them some questions, and I want them just to kind of share from their hearts, take maybe a minute or a couple of minutes for each one of these. And here's what I want you to do is, is basically think about and listen to what they're saying. And I'm sure that uh, a lot of these uh, questions are things that will help you. Certainly their answers, their experience, none of us have arrived. And so this is a time for us to glean from someone that has not necessarily been around the block, but, but has been around the block, all right? And so the first question is, how did she you guys- She was chasing me the whole time. That's way. right, yeah. <laughs> so my, uh, I start, we'll start with this first question because my wife, this is her favorite question to ask when she meets somebody is, how did you meet and when did you know that he or she was the one? Met, we know when we met. Yeah, we no doubt. <laughs> we were uh, we were at youth camp. Um, we both grew up in a small country church, and so in our area, several churches came together and went to camp. They had not done that for many years. That summer, uh, I had just turned sixteen. I started preaching when I was fifteen, and uh, so I had turned sixteen. Sharon was 13. She would turn 14 a couple of weeks after camp was over. And we were standing in the registration line on Sunday afternoon. And um, back then her hair went way down below her waist. And I thought, that is the prettiest girl I've ever seen. I bet you she'd love to meet me. <laughs> and, uh, and so there was another preacher boy that was right behind her in the line. So I went up like I was wanting to talk to him. I could care less he was in the world, really, to be honest about it. But uh, we, um, we started talking, and, of course, uh, I made the suave move and invited him to sit with me at church that night. And Before the week was over, we were going to the bonfire service on Friday night. Glory to God. Before so, the week was over, he thought he knew I was the one. Yeah, but I was young, right? And so when my mom let me date, my mom and dad let me date because he was a preacher. <laughs> well, I wanted to date everybody, <laughs> so I did. <laughs> and uh, so he chased me the next couple of years to ball games and to everywhere. And we had to preach and stalk. So you were a stalker? I was a stalker, <laughs> but we didn't know there were stalkers back yeah, then. We, we had no idea. We didn't know we'd get on Lifetime Movie Network. <laughs> yeah. We lived you out know? in the country. We lived out in the country in my... There was this little uh, before we stop stop that nobody it was very country up there on the stairs and you'd go out and you'd get his Bible out at that stop and he'd tell you what the Lord told him about us and so anyway finally I wasn't convinced until the summer before I had to go be in high school I needed a youth camp again and I really think that's when salvation came to God and then I came up on the altar. Guess who prayed with me? Ta-da! We don't do that these days either, do we? So he came right down and prayed with me, and I kind of I knew the Lord, and I just kind of told my mom, I said, I don't kind of stay in this, but I'm, I'm sticking with it. That's true. <laughs> and you know what I like is, is they're both smiling when they're telling this. It, it's something that they haven't forgotten, and, and I think it's good for all of us to, to think back to when we met 
and maybe for some it's, it's maybe better thought than others, but it should be a special time when you first met. And so the next question is, <clears throat> what do you think is the most challenging part of being married? Living in the same house. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a preacher say one time he'd been married probably about 40, 50 years, I don't know. He said, my wife and I have never had an argument in all of our married life. And I wanted to say, well, why don't y'all live together? <laughs> you know, I, I thought I was really not spiritual because we had an argument probably that day. But anyway, <laughs> most challenging. Well, I think it's staying in my lane because um, as a woman, we do a lot of things. You know, we operate the house. We manage things going on. We're doing this, 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 and this. And we're keeping it going. And when the kids come along and we're doing all those things, we'll keep it going. And the husband walks in the door and we're like, okay, yes, sir. You know, it just doesn't work like that. And uh, it's hard to get back in your lane. So to me, it would be staying in my lane. So after all these years, for you guys, 41, and, and of course, even before that, before you got married, what would you, looking back after all these years, what would you have done differently? Well, I mean, if, if I was being completely honest, say that one time, but anyway, <laughs> if I was completely honest, we probably shouldn't have started dating as early as we did. Um, our children used to throw it in my face. We got married. I turned 20 July the 11th. We got married July 27th. Sharon turned 18 August the 16th, so she's 17 years of age, uh, graduating high school. We grew up, like she said, rural, so, you know, in Alabama, if you were 17, you were probably an old maid. And, uh, and so uh, it was between my sophomore and junior year of college. If I had to do it over again, uh, you know, I may not have started dating as early as we did. Um, you know, the Lord was good to us. We didn't, we didn't have a whole lot of parameters placed on us, but uh, we met each other at the marriage altar virgins. And, uh, it was only the grace of God, really. Um, so I would probably have allowed her to at least on a couple years of college before we married, but and you just couldn't do without it. Didn't I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to live in the dorm another day. Praise God. <laughs> so. I don't know. As raising the kids and going through marriage things, you know, sometimes we want things to be perfect and um, just striving to have everything just right. Um, and this is a, the Pinterest world we live in today. Tells you that you know your house has to be perfect and everything has to be just exactly right, and I think I would stress less about those kind of things. Um, I know I remember taking our first child out of the crib due to peer pressure. He slept all night and did all these things, but what did I do? I felt that pressure because, oh my, you know, and oh my, <laughs> that was a bad move. So I think I would stress less and, and try to own those things a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> so, so in your marriage, when guys disagree how do you do that you ever disagree yes <laughs> a few times not uh, always well <laughs> i mean you know we're human too uh -huh. and i think it depends on the stress level where we are in that day if you just felt like the world's against you you know and then who are you going to take it out on that's right always the one you love the most and sharon and i don't only live together as husband and wife She's my secretary, so 
we work so together. We work together. The, the few days she comes to work every month, we work together. He's talking so, about so <laughs> Tuesday's my day off, so we take off Tuesday. She takes off Wednesday to keep our grandkids at home till their mothers come back. And uh, so, so anyway. Okay. Uh, we, you know, I think really, I, I don't always handle it well, but sometimes I will preach, and that's not the right thing either. But, but there are times when we just talk through it. And that's the better way, and that's how it's supposed to be, you know. Fight and fair, right, instead of blaming. It's the blame game. It, you don't win. I don't win. You don't win. It's very selfish. So so as time's gone on, and, of course, we have some younger couples, and some of, some of us have been married longer, um, how has your priorities changed over the years, or have they? Um, I would think that we do more things together than we've ever done because of just the two of us where we do because we have three grown children, eight grandchildren, and uh, and so I would think we do things together. I, you know, I have a confession, and I, I'm doing it here, but I may come further then, but I believe life's all about relationships. I believe if you were to define life in one word, you'd define it in the word relationships. And, uh, and so um, my number one relationship is with the Lord, being the person he wants me to be. Number two, partner with Sharon. Number three, parent with my children. Number four, papa to those eight grandchildren. Number five, pastor. So, um, so those, those, re those relationships all want a different spot sometimes. Sometimes that pastor, number five, wants to take the place of number one. Particularly when you've got parent children in your home, if you're not very careful, that parenting will overtake that partner relationship, and you'll devote all your. You know, I, I used to hear about people getting divorced after 20, 30 years of marriage, and I used to think that is just about as crazy. I think if Sharon, I've been married 20, 30 years. I'll just begin to get in her train correctly. <laughs> and uh, why would they do that? But I back think, to question number. <laughs> <laughs> so, but reason is because people take their focus off of their partner, put it on their children, and then they're strangers in the house. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would think, you know, we we have the privilege now to travel. Sharon, she just, um, like I say, you'd, you'd have to know our upbringing. Um, you would probably call it backward. And, uh, you know, so as long as our children were in the home, she never traveled with me internationally. She just didn't want to, didn't want to go across the ocean. If, uh, you know, they need one of us, you know, we both going to die. Like God couldn't partake. <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah, so. I, you know, that's just how it yeah, goes, right? Yeah, so. The world is smaller than it used to be, is all I'm going to say. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I try to follow the same priorities that he has. I think he does. He has said, you're a thief. I'm like, I thought he wanted to be a papa. Now I think he wanted to be a thief, you know, right down the street. I just didn't want to be pea pastor. That's what some of our children discussed. We're going to call you pea pastor. Uh, the pea. But, you know, but if when we keep those priorities in balance, just set your priorities sometimes. Just write them down and see. And when the children buy, they buy for first place for me um, because they're my blood. You know that, ladies? Your children are your blood. Your husband's not your blood. But your children are your blood. And we have to keep that balance. And then those grandchildren remind you so much of your children. And I, you know, 
that's a lot of my life, and I love that. But I, I truly do not love it more than my husband, so I have to keep those priorities balanced. And uh, it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. So a lot of our, our families, just like us, we, we have a place that we call home. It's the house we live in. There's a difference between a house and a home. And so when you think about your home, what is it that makes your house a home? Uh, I would think, number one, it's the Lord. Uh, we centered our, our family on God and His Word. Uh, we never forced or made our children, but all of our children in ministry, both of our sons serve on my pastoral staff. Our daughter's married to an associate pastor and is about an hour away from us. So we were all about serving the Lord, and we always served the Lord together. When I joined the staff at our church 39 years ago, uh, I was the bus director for Sharon Pickle Bus Route. After five years, I became a youth pastor. She went on every youth activity. We took our children with us, you know, except for overnight trips. Um, and then when I became pastor, she became one of my ladies who loves the Lord and has been the secretary of our, not the secretary, the Number two, the law. Um, you, you ought to. You ought to. Number one, love your spouse, and your children ought to know it. Um, I grew up in an expressive home. Sharon grew up in a non-expressive home. Uh, her dad's in heaven now, and, and um, but she. I remember her telling me because I didn't. I didn't. I thought every Christian home was like mine. Okay, so, so after we got married, I remember her telling me one night, you know, I know my dad loves me. He was faithful to my mom. He's worked hard. He's provided for me. She said, I've never heard him tell me a crying soul in front of the presence. Well, I can't even remember leaving the presence of my parents even for to go across the street and play that my mom and dad didn't say to me, I love you, son, be careful. So that's kind of expressive home I grew up in. She didn't. So we determined that, you know, our children will know that we love them and our grandchildren. And, and because our kids are close, we have the privilege to have um, a good portion of them in our home at least once a week. She and Lily yeah, are good. Which I'm glad that's the one she sees every week. But, uh, but, uh, but anyway, and... Uh, and so we, you know, I, I would say the Lord and Lord. I don't yeah, know. and I would say as we've gone on more and our children have become adult children, you know, it takes a lot of work to keep your house welcoming to your family to come back in. Um, so we do. We have set times, and Sunday lunch is always that. Um, there are two set times a week I keep the grandchildren and do things. It's not easy. It's easier to say, oh, man, I don't have the energy anymore. And I'm not, I'm not saying if you have a health problem, you should do what I do. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying you have to step out there. And, and with my daughters-in-law, I always think, 
through my daughters-in-law and my son-in-law so like they can come into my house and it be lived in, clean, and welcoming to them. And if it's not welcoming to them, it's not the way that I want my home to be. So things like pictures, you know, um, and things like that, I want to make sure their pictures are up very well. And it takes a lot of work to balance that and make sure they have the same amount of pictures. You know, my house shouldn't be a museum. It is a little bit in some places. You know, because you're like, oh, that's my baby. But what about them? How does that, and I believe the home coming back in. For instance, right now, they're not in the candles because of uh, the natural oils and all this, that all they do. You know what? I don't burn candles when they come over. Why? Because I don't want that to be. No carcinogens. No carcinogens. We, you know, and so, um, so, you know, as far as that kind of thing goes, normally I would have said, oh, Sunday night fellowship, you come light the candles, you do, you do. Don't do that anymore. Why? Because of my in-laws, my children coming back in makes me happy. I know it's always a challenge um, for like Joy and I when, when every day you face challenges. Some of you are working, some are working from home, and it's easy um, with things that happen in life for, for either one or both of you from time to time to get discouraged or look down. Uh, think about the Bible. The Bible talks about David and how people face about stoning him, and the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Um, what are some ways that maybe you encourage each other? Uh, well, my husband's language is words of affirmation. I don't think that I do it nearly as good as it needs to be done, but I know that. And I try to say those words um, as encouraging. You know, it's easier to find fault, isn't it? Instead of, because I'm in my office. Are any of you there, your opposite? I, I mean, I'm not just a male, female. I'm telling you, we are opposite in what we do. And so... Um, I try to encourage him by going with him places. Um, he likes me to travel with him even if I'm not speaking. And he wants me to go. He wants me to listen. He wants me to be a part and, and help him. He wants me to work with him at church and just be right there. And so I try to do those kind of things. Yeah, so. and you, you follow the love languages, hers are quality time and acts of service. So, you know, I'm not much of a housekeeper. But I have, especially since we've been empty nesters, uh, you know, I try to do things around the house, like make, I learned how to make tea, and Joy tried them to make me tea. And, uh, you know, knows just, where the pots are now. Yeah, and I cook, I cook my own breakfast, and I said, she, cereal? She, she, no, uh, <laughs> eggs and turkey bacon or turkey sausage. He does that every morning. Yeah. I don't, She's I never, not breakfast. we've never eaten breakfast. And we were kind of diabetic, and, and we wanted to have a, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was eating very healthy cereal. My doctor said, no, that heart health cereal is no good for you. <laughs> Too many carbs, you need protein. So anyway, um, but anyway, I, you know, you, just, you make some adjustments in life, and, and I, I want to keep her encouraged. You know, if she's my greatest cheerleader, so if, if, she's, not, if she's not in my corner, you know, I'm I'm defeated. I am. I, I'd admit I'm I'm uh, very much a person who responds to words. So you know, you've heard 
they've already mentioned a couple times, and, and a lot of times we don't think about it, but you know, there's there are stages of life as we're married. The, more, the longer we're married, and of course we've used the word word empty nesters and, and so on. But there's other stages that you go through, and I think one of the keys, and they haven't used the word, but they've been talking about, is that we need to be constantly assessing uh, where we're at in our marriage, you know, because things change, and we change, and, and so you, you have to constantly, just like at work, you know, if a boss does not assess his business, chances are he's going to go out of business. He's constantly has to look at, at, is he making money, how much money is he spending, and so on. You need to do the same thing when it comes to your marriage is um, there may be times as you get older that your wife may need more support from you than she's ever needed before. Um, there may be times where physically uh, you're not able to do as much as you've done in the past. And so there are ways that you can encourage <coughs> and, and, and listen constantly. Sometimes when I come home, I can tell my wife likes the carpets vacuum. She likes the dishes done. And if I see her in there and, she, and, I, and I see those things, listen, it doesn't take long. I just go in there and I do the dishes. Now, I don't do it all the time. Probably should do it a lot more, but there are ways you can encourage each other. Um, one of the things I think that uh, is one of the biggest strains on marriages, couples, is finances. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about it in regards to where you are now or maybe something that you can share with these couples, uh, even some of our younger couples, on how, how do you make the finances work? How do you handle that? Um, I'm the financial person. Every couple has a financial person, okay? It's not always the male. It's one of, finance is one of the things I deal with in premarital counseling because it's a subject I'll speak on tomorrow night communication or the lack of it and finances are the main two reasons for conflict and contention I've never seen anybody have my money and your money his money her money that's ever made it because when you divide it it never is divided correctly you know he pays the car payment she pays the insurance well I just want you to know the insurance is $50 less than the monthly installment so Every couple like that, and we do marital counseling together, okay? Um, I gotta fight for that woman. Yeah, she's gotta get that woman's perspective. So, um, but every couple we've ever dealt with, it just doesn't work. Now I know there might be some second marriages toward the end of life and those kind of things I've dealt That's with those different. too. Yeah, but um, you know, the old saying, keeping up with the Joneses, I tell, I tell premarital couples, listen, your mom and dad didn't get where they are overnight, and you just need to take it easy. Uh, credit is a wonderful servant, but it is a terrible master. And, uh, you know, I use credit cards. I know you're a Dave Ramsey fan. That's, that's you, Jonathan. But I think he probably uses them too, but anyway. Um, <laughs> But I use them for Sky Miles and Marriott points and, you know, those kind of things. So I, we travel a lot of times on stuff that I pay it off every month. Uh, I do a lot of dumb things with money. Sharon says, you know, when you die, I want you to know I'm not going to do all this stuff you do. Uh, 
put I move money from bank to bank because I get that interest that come back by paying the other. So you know, just not as. Don't you, worry about that dollar. Just simplify your life. But but anyway, I think you got to you got to make sure that you make wise financial decisions. And whoever is the financial person, it, it, just like this. In every couple here, there's a spender and a saver. And that's not always the same either. Okay? But there's in every couple, there's a spender and a saver. God put you together. Everybody marries their opposite. If you married this person just like you, you'd kill them. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, uh, so balance those things, you know, and, and make decisions that don't put you at risk of having to work two or three Let me jobs. say something on that. I stay out of finances because it is, it is not my gift. My gift is swiping that American Express if I need it. That's my gift. But let me say why I can stay out of finances. Because first of all, I know my husband is going to tithe first. And every year, he is going to go above the tithe. And he's going to up our offering to the Lord. A little bit more percentage. And I promise you, men, that your 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 wives will appreciate that if you are in charge of the finances. They're going to trust you more. And wives, if you're in charge of it, men, you trust them with that because God is going to honor you if you give to Him off the top and then train your children to do that. That's a whole session, but we did do that. And finances started at just the, the ground level. You know, one of our sons made $15 when he cut the grass for a yard, but you know what he got? He laughed, we laugh, laugh, laugh now, but Philip literally made $15 for this huge yard. Seven-fifty of it went in the bank. Ten percent went to tithe. Hmm, it took him a long time to save money. But you know what? That's, that's the way it was. And if you'll do that when you're young and you'll do that in your marriage, the other things are just going to start. And the reason we made our kids save was because they went to colleges and helped them pay for it, but they were going to assume responsibility. So I heard a guy talk about this having children that he did for Mr. Bailey. And uh, so we started off with 75-25 proposition. We paid 75% of his college bill. He paid 25. Next year we paid 66. He paid 34. The next year we went 50-50. The last year I paid 25. He paid 75. Working towards financial independence, I didn't do that because I hated him. And, of course, they said, you know, our sister will never do that. She used to be a baby. And she crammed four into three so she could get married. And so... <laughs> She said she'll never do it, but she did it. She did it every. All but just a little bit. Well, I gave, her, I gave her a re rebate or two. And then but, he wrote this note at the end because <laughs> she felt guilty. And it said, Joy, you are paying full. Yada, yada, yada. This is a good note. I'm sure I have it in the attic in her keepsake. I'm sure I do. So, what are, what are some, uh, you know, there's always challenges um, to protect your marriage. So, what are some boundaries that you guys have established? Uh, whether it's early on or you know recent to protect your marriage because you know all of us there's this bombardment and if the devil doesn't want marriages to last what are some boundaries that you guys have I mean just some practical things I do uh, I do travel some by myself so if I go in a hotel I find Fox News and ESPN that's the only two channels there I don't ever surf I'm not a channel surfer I'm a channel surfer at home if the 
because we're watching live TV. I don't know commercials. My boys say, Daddy, you seen that last guy cut? I don't, I don't care about commercials. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see what's happening in the whole wide world here in that two-minute commercial or four-minute commercial, whatever it is. And, um, and so, um, but, you know, that, that's just a practical thing. You know, I don't, I don't let ladies grab me by the arm and squeeze my arm and talk to me. I sidetrack them at the aisle. You can pull their legs out. So, um, we don't close the door. We don't go out to eat with the opposite sex. Yeah. Um, things yeah. like that. We don't, we don't do those kind of things. We tell each other if we get, even if you've gotten a, a junk text that came in and it was not appropriate, tell them that. That way, you are you are. They're not going to find it one day, and you're you're backing up, saying, "Well, I didn't I didn't know what that meant." That's, you look guilty, even if you didn't mean it. So I you really go ahead and clean the it thing up. we've done is we've had no secrets. I, yeah. I mean, there's nothing that I don't feel like I don't know about her when it comes to disclosures and things of that nature. Yeah. I don't. We t- we tell what we need to tell, yeah. or what we should tell. So what would you say is, has been the most joyous occasion or day that you've experienced as a married couple? Today. <laughs> I think the birth of our children. Uh, because, you know, I, I, I thought of a lot of things because I took some thought <laughs> as we went through these things. But here's what I thought of. The birth of our three children. Every one of you think like that if, you, if you've got children and maybe uh, the husband and the wife. The first day that we served in the youth ministry, that was just, it was a joy to serve with teenagers. And I think we would both say the first day of the pastorate, I would struggle somewhat with that, but he would say the first joyous day probably, because that's what you know the Lord had called you to do. Uh, But those kind of things were so joyous. The day our children got saved, there's so many, and uh, the day our grandchildren call us now, and whether we're with them or not with them, and they've gotten saved, and I keep that list in my Bible of their name and the date they got saved, a little note about where they were when they got saved, and just just little things like that, they come back to my mind, and they bring me so much joy. Probably the most precious day in my life, it, when I think about all that, uh, our daughter, uh, we were with her when her first child was second child was born we were in couples retreat three and a half hours away we knew she was getting close and our couples retreat like yours starts on Thursday night so I really didn't know what to do we had DCS in the pastor and his wife and and um, and so anyway we drove separately trying to figure out what to do on time and so Thursday night probably about midnight I reckon my son Ross called me and he said uh, Lori we can't admit each other in labor well I was mom day she said I gotta go I gotta go to sleep I said let's think about this let's let's figure out what to do you know I mean she's not gonna have this baby in the next three hours. I didn't care. I already but, thought about but, it. But That's anyway, but anyway I, the first one had gone a long time. So anyway, so I said, uh, she said, no, I'm going. I said, okay, you go. And I, I sat there in the hotel and thought, this is crazy. 
Okay, I called and I said, listen, I'm about 30 minutes behind you. <laughs> and I said, I'll just call another one of our guys on staff and say, you know, you, you run it tomorrow. We probably be back tomorrow night. Maybe. We'll see. And uh, so when it got near time for the pull, I was fixing to dismiss myself. daughter said, Daddy, would you like to stand here and just be up at my shoulder? I never thought I'd see another wife first, you know. And I said, are you serious, Lord? You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. So, uh, so our last, she's had our Well, um, we've we've enjoyed getting to know you a little bit, and, and of course, appreciate you sharing some some things from your heart, some great advice. If if there was one thing that you could share, any advice to these these couples on how to make their marriage last, what would you what would you say to them? I would start off with unconditional love. Love your mate unconditionally. I think that's what got us here, is unconditional love and trust. You know, if you don't have those two things, the foundation is really weak. Um, you've got to love each other. You've got to trust each other. Um, I use it with our grandkids all the time with the bears saying bears but but trust is something that is hard to put back together on its own. And it can, but if you've got a foundation of trust, don't break it. It's not worth it. That person that may be out there, you know, showing you love and attention, you know what's going to happen when you get with them? It's become, it's going to have some mundane days as well. And once you, once you get started in that, and I'm sure the group this size, there's probably some, some brokenness and some hurt and some second and third marriages maybe. You start where you are now. And you love that, whoever you're with, right now, unconditionally. And when you talk about trust, make sure you trust each other. Just make sure you're in God's perfect will. If your mate says something about God's will, and you say, well, I'm not leaving my job, or what, just, just think about that. What's the difference between God's trust and God's um, I would go back to something you mentioned earlier, and that is the stages of it. Of life, you know, make adjustments. Sharon's told me many times I'm married to my fourth wife now. Same woman, just a different, you know, just different than she was. And she was, she was a 17 year old kid, if you want to say that. But she was, she was a 17 year old girl that got married. And uh, so you just be willing to make adjustments and and accept the, the changes that life brings. Uh, don't allow those changes to change your love for each other. Well, let's thank Raymond for sharing some of this.